you right now for coming into this service, God, for placing your hand upon your servant, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to stand before your people today. I honor you, Lord. I honor my husband and everyone here in this place on today, God. I thank you for them, God. My heart is full of thanksgiving, God. My heart is full of gratitude on this morning, God. And I ask that you would um, just have your way, God, that the Holy Spirit of God will lead and guide in the rest of this service as you've done from the very beginning, God. You are here at Capital City Church, and we welcome you into the house of the Lord. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. And so our message today, I am here before you again this morning, last week, the devil tried me, but I've had my tea on this morning, I've had some cough drops, I've prayed, and so um, I'm here, I, I'm here to stand before you and, and just honor the Lord, and I pray that this word gives him glory and um, just speaks to your heart. So the title of the message today is Overwhelming Gratitude. And I just have a question to start off. How is your gratitude radar this morning? How is your gratitude as we embark upon the week of Thanksgiving and just thinking about how good God has been to each and every one of us? How grateful are you this morning? How grateful are you just because of God, just because who he is, not because of the things that he has given us, the material things, but the uh, things that we, we cannot see. How grateful are you? And so as I was doing my studying, um, just thinking about Thanksgiving and how the tradition of Thanksgiving started. So back in the 1600s, the settlers were uh, really excited about uh, how good they, their crops were. Um, that particular year, um, there was a drought. And so their crops ended up um, growing. And so they were thankful to their God for their crops. And so they began to thank the Lord. And so this, there, it uh, started a day of Thanksgiving, uh, the last Thursday of um, November. And so it, it became a tradition to give thanks on that day. And several years later, the, the fourth Thursday of the month ended up being the last Thursday of the month. And so um, it, it naturally became a federal holiday uh, a national holiday that was observed. And so uh, we get the government, we get uh, Congress involved at this point, and so they are concerned about the economy. If Thanksgiving is on the last day of the month, what does that mean for the economy? What does that mean for people shopping? What does that mean for our government and the economy? So they ended up changing it um, after some time to the fourth Thursday in November. And so now people are not as concerned about the real reason for Thanksgiving. Giving thanks to the Lord. And so now Thanksgiving has become more about and God knows I love food. Me and our marriages talked about food before the service started. I love some food. My husband can be watching something on TV and I'm uh, doing something and I see something about food and I'm like, hey, you see this? He's like, Tammy, I'm not worrying about no food right now. Or in the middle of the day, uh, lunchtime, I'll text him or call him 
and say, hey, what's for dinner? Tammy, I'm still full on lunch. Why are we talking about dinner? I love food, but Thanksgiving has become more about food, football. I'm not a, I mean, I, I've grown to lo uh, love football, but I'm not one that has to watch football, but it's more, been, become more about food, football, and then the last thing is, who's gonna be the first to get to those sales? So it's become more about other things and not the purpose of Thanksgiving. And so I want us, as we um, get ready for the Thanksgiving season and even into the holidays, to um, think about the things that we are thankful for. Think about the things that God has done for us. Think about how we can be overwhelmed with gratitude in this season. Think about how we can be uh, thankful in this season. What has God done for you in this season, over your life, just in this past year? Be overwhelmed with gratitude and not grumbling. And so uh, my first scripture is uh, Psalms 107, 1 through 2. It says, to, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We got any redeemed people in the house today? Well, let the redeemed say so. Has God been good to anybody on today? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God has done many things in our lives, and we need to say so. We need to tell him thank you. We need to praise his holy name. We need to show him how grateful we are with praise and thanksgiving. Aunt Mary um, gave the scripture this morning, come into his gates with thanksgiving and praise on our hearts. Show him how thankful we are. Not for the things that he's given us, the material things, but because of who he is in our lives. Thank him. According to research, those that have a, an attitude of gratitude, it says that 25% more of them um, are filled with joy and happiness. And so I don't know about you, but I would really want to be filled with more of God's joy, more of God's peace in the name of Jesus. And so I was thinking how um, some months ago, my uh, brother, Corey, and, T and Terry, my sister-in-law, is not here, but their daughter, their middle daughter, Tiara, she's very creative. She created a journal, and um, it's on Amazon, and I ordered one of the journals. I love to journal, but I ordered this journal, and on the first page of the journal, the first thing to do is how it, it says, how is your gratitude, or it talks about gratitude. And so as I started to journal in this journal, it was overwhelming. And it just spoke to my heart. Before you do anything, Tammy, before you speak and ask the Lord for anything, before you grumble about how your day was, because it goes on to ask, how is your day? How is your mood for the day? Before you complain, before you grumble, give gratitude. Give thanks. And so I list, started to list out the things that I'm grateful for. And it's overwhelming how good God has been to us. If you just sit back and think on the goodness of the Lord, it is overwhelming. 
to think about how good God is. In um, Colossians 2, 6 through 7, this is not on the screen, but I just wanted to uh, read this. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness just because who God is. So when we think about being overwhelmed with gratitude, and not thinking about those things that are material, the thing that God wants us to focus on is the things that we cannot see. His sacrificial um, giving of his son on the cross, being grateful for the salvation, your soul salvation, being grateful for grace, the unmerited favor of God, something that you didn't have to do anything for, something that you didn't have to put your hands to, something that you can't even work for, the grace of God. Thank him. Thankful for the blood of Jesus that covers me, that saves me, that heals me. Thank you for just his love. Mm. His love that covers a multitude of sin. When you're feeling down and out and you're feeling like nobody's there, nobody understands me, nobody loves me, there's no love like the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. His word says that I'm a mother to the motherless, a father to the fatherless. And as I was studying, I was thinking about my mom at an early age, I think she was maybe 17, she lost her mom. And I don't know what age it was that she lost her dad. Going from place to place with different family members, he's been a mother to the motherless. He's been a father to the fatherless. He's been good to you. He's kept you. He's loved you with an everlasting love. That love that covers us. When someone wrongs you, that love that covers a multitude of sin, we want to hold on to it, but God says, my love covers that. Let it go. My love does it. Let it go. A love that we can't even understand. Thank you, Jesus. A love that we can't even comprehend. There's nobody in this world that's going to love you like Jesus. Nobody. I know my mother loves me. I know my husband loves me. But when I feel down and out, I go to my mother a lot. That is one of my best friends. I go to my husband a lot. He's one of my best friends. But when they can't do what I need, the Father's love covers me. The Father wraps his arms around me. He covers me. And then his provision, making ways out of no ways. When we don't know how things are going to happen, he does it. Making ways out of no ways. When you don't have food on your table, he does it. When you don't have money for the bill, he does it. He provides. It is nothing on your own that you can do. So when we think about the, the overwhelming gratitude and being thankful in this season, Think of the goodness of God, not on those material things. Now, don't get me wrong. Those material things are good, 
And it's he, it's he that's, that provides those things. God says that every good and perfect gift comes from him. So everything that we have, that home, those vehicles, even the breath that we breathe, it comes from God. Nothing you could have done could have done any of this. The breath that we, the very breath that comes out of our bodies, it's all his. So why wouldn't we give him thanks? Why wouldn't we praise him? Why wouldn't we honor him? Just because of who he is. Amen. So overwhelmed with gratitude. I am so overwhelmed with gratitude. I mean, I'm going to be honest with y'all. As I was doing the study, it just made me be more thankful for God. Be more thankful as I sit back and think on my life and think of the goodness of God. And I'm sure each one of us can do the same. So today, we're going to journey and just go through uh, scripture in 2 Samuel um, chapter 7. And we're going to start at verse 8, but before I start, just to give some context. In this scripture, God has given King David um, some rest from battle. He's on a sabbatical. And God um, is giving him rest, and David, during this rest, is not thinking of himself. He's thinking of God. He's thinking of his father. And many times when we are in times of rest or what have you, we don't necessarily think of others. We're thinking about ourselves. Pastor and I were riding yesterday from the grocery store, just um, getting some things for Thanksgiving, and the traffic in Harbison is horrible, okay? And so we're riding, trying to get out of traffic, and the light is red, and you know, when the light is red, I mean, you're not going anywhere. Let somebody in. Pastor says, see, that's what I'm talking about. This is the season where people are supposed to be giving, thinking about others, won't even let you in. <laughs> but that's who we are. We're thinking more of ourselves. I ain't finna let them in. I'm about to get out of this traffic. I'm trying to get home just like they are. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will nudge us. And, and, you know, do what's right. And so we're going to journey through 2 Samuel um, chapter 7, verse 8. And it reads, Now go and say to my servant David, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. And again, David is on rest. God has given him rest. And before this scripture, um, David has gone through the gone to the prophet um, Nathan and told him that he wants to build a house for the Lord. He's not thinking of himself. He wants to build a house, build a house for the Lord. And so God has um, spoken to the prophet Nathan and said, "Go to my servant and tell him, I took you from tending sheep." in the pastures, and selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. And God is saying to us, and even to David, I took you from the pastures 
tending sheep, and I place you in the palace as king. God has taken us from many different places, places that we don't even deserve to be, places we can't even comprehend, but he did it. He says to David, I took you from the pastors tending sheep, overlooked all of your faults, and placed you as king. And then in verse number nine, it says, I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all of your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has, has ever lived on earth. Hmm. Notice the theme, I, I have been with you wherever you've gone. I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name famous as anyone who has ever lived on earth. You could have been dead sleeping in your grave. You could have been in a prison cell, but it is I, says the Spirit of God, that saved you. It is I that caused your enemies not to be able to triumph over you. It is I, said the Spirit of the Lord. It could have been another way. It could have been another way. But it is I, says the Spirit of the Lord, that saved you. That saved you and took you out of that dark pit that you were in. It is I, says the Spirit of God, because we can't do it on our own. We cannot do it on our own. God saw us in our darkest place and said, this is my child, my beloved one, and I'm not going to let the, the enemy triumph over them. I will not fail you. I will never leave you or forsake you. It is I, says the Spirit of God. And then verse 10, and I will provide a homeland for my people, Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Even nations, excuse me, evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past. Hallelujah. Starting verse 11, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people, Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings. Hallelujah. Mm. God is telling David that I am going to provide a living dynasty. A house, I'm going to provide a house not made by man, a house that is on a firm foundation, a house that cannot be moved. Storms may go, the winds may come, the rain may come, but this house that I'm going to provide, it will not fall in the name of Jesus. It is planted and rooted on a firm foundation in the name of Jesus. And he goes on to tell him that this house, in chapter um, verses 12 through 13, for when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne forever. Forever. 
Jesus. Jesus, the kingdom of God. God used the descendant of David. He said, thank you, David, but I got a better plan. As, as uh, George, our brother George, just talked about. David had a plan, but God's plan was better. He was building a house that will not be moved. See, what that house that David was going to um, build, it could be moved. But this house that God is talking about, it cannot be moved. God had a different plan. And even if when our plans are of good, like they mean well and we mean well, sometimes God says no. And what do we do when God says no to our plans? Do we grumble? Well, God, I, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. Or, 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 or are we overwhelmed with gratitude? In the next scripture, we're going to talk about or just run through how David was overwhelmed with gratitude. Sometimes we want to do things that are good and we mean well, but it's not in the plans and purposes of God. What if that thing you're wanting to do that you think is good will cause some type of destruction, will cause some type of friction, will do something that will harm you? Think and, and just be still and listen for the Lord. If he says no, accept his no. He has a greater plan. Accept his no and wait for him. So David was overwhelmed with gratitude. In verse number 18, we're jumping down to verse 18. It says, then King David went and sat before the Lord and prayed. Who am I, O sovereign Lord? What is my family that you have brought me this for? David is saying, who am I, O Lord? Who am I that you would do all of this for me and for my family? Who am I, O Lord, that you would use my descendants to uh, build a home, a dynasty, a living dynasty? Who am I, O Lord? I was listening to um, worship this morning, getting ready for um, the service on this morning, and uh, we had music playing, and um, the, the songwriter, um, Tasha Cos has a song, um, Do It Again. And as I listened to the song, it just spoke to my heart. It just filled me so much with God's love, with his gratitude. It says, who am I, Lord, that you would give your son? He says, you are beautiful. You are my beautiful one. He says, my beautiful creation, and I can't keep my eyes off of you. Who am I, oh Lord, that you would do it for me? And it, the song goes on to say that I will do it again. I will do it again, my beautiful creation. She goes on to say, who am I, oh Lord, that you would take the nails in your hands? Who am I, O oh Lord, that you would take the thorns on your head? Who am I, O oh Lord? And David is saying, who am I, O oh Lord, that you would use my family? Whew. David has a thankful and grateful heart. He's overwhelmed with gratitude. Overwhelmed with gratitude. In verse 19, he says, and now, sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty? You, do you deal with everyone this way, O sovereign Lord? Mm. 
We know that God loves us all. But David is saying, do you deal with everyone this way? Do you show this favor to everyone? This unmerited favor that you've shown me? Who am I, O oh Lord? With my broken self, O oh Lord, you know everything about me, God, and you're going to show me this kind of love, this kind of favor? Who am I, O oh Lord, that you would look at me as your beautiful one, my beautiful creation? Who am I, O oh Lord? Who am I? Hallelujah. David is overwhelmed with gratitude. In verse 20, he says, what more can I say to you? You know what your servant is really like, sovereign Lord. Because of your promise and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known to your servant. David is saying to the Lord, you know everything about me. Every hidden thing, you know everything about me. Who am I? But in spite of, in spite of, Lord, you have shown favor to me. You have chosen me. You know the deep secrets in my heart, the hidden things in my heart. You know me better than I know myself, but you have chosen me, Lord. David is saying to the Lord, you know the good and the bad side of me. You know the stuff that's on the inside of me. See, people see the outer, the shell, but only God knows the inside. Amen. And he's saying that you chose me with my wretched self. You chose me, Lord. You chose me to be a vessel for your people, oh God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So are we overwhelmed with gratitude? Overwhelmed with gratitude. Thinking on the goodness of God. Thinking about how good he's been to us. Nothing that we've done to deserve it. We can't do anything to deserve it. And then what are you doing with what he's giving you? David was not concerned about himself. He was concerned about the Lord. A heart of gratitude is more concerned about the heart of others. Doing for others, serving. How can I uh, honor you, Lord? What can I do to bring glory to your name, Lord? This is not about me. It's about bringing glory to the name of the Father. A heart of gratitude is concerned about the love of the Father and how I can pour that love out unto others. How can you use me, Lord, for your glory? I used to pray this prayer all the time. Use me for your glory, Lord. Use me for your glory, Lord. And I'll be honest with you. I stopped praying that prayer. I start praying that prayer, and I don't know if it became more about me and less about the Lord, but I started to pray that prayer again. Lord, use me for your glory. See, it's not about me. It's not about you, God, or not about uh, me, God, but it's more about you, God. Less of me, Lord, and more of you. See, a heart of gratitude is thinking on the things of God and not thinking of themselves. A heart of gratitude is more concerned about others in the name of Jesus. How can this honor you, God? 
How can I bring glory to your name, God? Use me for your glory, God. As we go about this Thanksgiving week, uh, preparing for Thanksgiving, God wants us to think about how we can be used for his glory. Think about how we can glorify the Lord. Yes, we love the food, we love the football, and we certainly love to shop sometimes. But God says to think about those things that you cannot see. Those things that we love on this earth, even family, the food, the, the shopping, all of that stuff, you can't take it with you. That home that, that he's building, he says that I'm, a, I'm preparing a place for you. You can't take any of those things with you. So think on those things that you cannot take with you as we prepare for Thanksgiving and not have an overwhelming heart of grumbling. So we can have a heart, overwhelming heart of gratitude or we can have an overwhelming heart of grumbling. And it's easy to grumble when we think about ourselves. Um, some years ago, before we moved into the home we live in now, um, we lived right off of Monticello Road, and my mom uh, actually lived um, in the apartments right behind us. And, um, yeah, Pastor loves to uh, change around and move things around in the house. And so um, when he did that, like every other quarter or so, or when the seasons changed, I would be overwhelmed with grumbling. Overwhelmed with grumbling. And so my mom lived, I could step out of my door and walk right to her house. I would go over to her, Ma, you know he over there changing around again. And my mama loves me, but she loves her son-in-law too. And she don't take no sides, okay? She said, um, you, you, you gonna complain because he over there um, changing around, fixing things up? He could be doing something else. Be grateful for a man that loves to do those things. Then that's something you don't have to do. And so it changed my heart. Now, I'm going to be honest. I still complain sometimes when he, when he moved. But it's not as, it moved things. But it's not as bad as it used to be. So now, instead of grumbling, I thank God that he's doing something else and not in the streets. Thank you, Lord. I don't grumble and I don't complain. I thank the Lord that he's doing something else and not um, somewhere with his hat turned to the back and coming back being somebody else. I thank the Lord. So we got to think about those things that will give us a heart of gratitude and not grumbling. <laughs> Yes, yes. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. And I thank the Lord for my mother, her heart. Never saying, well, you need to go over there and tell him, don't touch your stuff, to keep your stuff. She said, no. Basically, get your butt back over there in the house and sit down somewhere, okay? Because I remember the times where you grumbled about other things. You don't have to grumble about those things now. Have a heart of gratitude. Be grateful. Be grateful. And so I love him and I thank him for <laughs> I thank the Lord for him. And just really quick before I move on, so, you know, the season's changing. He put some pictures up, and I looked at the pictures. He was changing around. I looked at the pictures. This was just this week. I looked up, 
I said, those do not match. The Spirit of the Lord said, be quiet. Don't you open your mouth. I said, okay, Lord. And I walked on off. Later on in the week, when the, or not in the week, but later on that day, he and I were talking about the house, something with, and the Spirit allowed me to share that. I think he brought it up. So God opened the door for me to be able to share, but not going to him with a spirit of grumbling and complaining. The pictures did not match, but um, the Holy Spirit said, be quiet. And so I was quiet. And so we got to learn not to have a spirit of grumbling, not only in this season, but just in life in general. We are some blessed people. You hear me? We are blessed. And there is absolutely no reason for us to complain and grumble in the way that we do. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Be grateful. Be thankful. Be thankful for the people that God has placed in your life. I am thankful. I am grateful for every one of you. I am so happy to see each and every one of you every Sunday morning. We're grateful for you. We pray for you. We love you. Be grateful. And don't take those things for granted. And don't take advantage of those things. Be grateful. In Psalms 95, 8 through 9, the Lord says, Do not harden your hearts as Israel did in Meribah and as they did in Massa in the wilderness. For there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw everything that I did. You want to be found testing God's patience with all that he's done for you? The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their complaining and their grumbling. Our situations can probably turn out a lot better and uh, be resolved a lot sooner if we start to praise the Lord where we're at. If we start to just give him glory where we're at, no matter what it looks like, Praise him and give him honor right where we're at. When we grumble and we complain, it just draws it out. My sister-in-law, Terry, said in, a, um, in our Bible study connect group how she um, was praying to the Lord about something and um, just waiting on the Lord. And she tried to figure it out herself and, and put her hands on it. And it's like she said it was like the Lord was just sitting there with his hands folded. Shaking his head. You going to continue to try to do this and figure it out? Or are you going to wait for me? You're going to come to me. And so instead of grumbling and complaining, and God is just saying to us, how long are you going to try to do it on your own? How long are you going to grumble and complain about things? When I've been so good to you, I've saved you. The ultimate sacrifice on the cross, my son died for you. How long will you grumble and complain? How long? Or will your heart be filled with gratitude, with thanksgiving, giving him honor and glory, thanking him for who he is and not because of what he does. Thanking him 
for his son, thanking him for his favor, thanking him for his uh, sacrifice, for the provisions, for all that he has done for us. Just, just want our hearts to be overwhelmed with all that God has done for us. He's been mighty, mighty good to us. And our lives could have turned out a different way. Our lives could have been different. But God shielded you. He covered you. He protected you. He would not let your enemies triumph over you. He would not let the enemy have his way with you. You could have been dead, sleeping in a grave, but God said no. He made death behave in the name of Jesus. You could have been homeless. You could have been jobless. But God showed favor. He's been mighty good to us. And I just want us to just give him honor, to give him glory, to praise him. Before we end the service, or before I end, I just want us to think on the goodness of God. Think on how good he's been to you. Think on how good he's been to your family. Think on how things could have been another way. And even if you have some time, just think about how those things that are not material, before the day of Thanksgiving, write down those things and see how it fills your heart with gratitude and not grumbling. Just thank him. Thank him. Lord, we thank you and um, just happy Thanksgiving to you all. I know it's Thursday and we'll send out a text, but happy Thanksgiving to you all. May the Lord bless you and your families as you gather over food, football, or whatever it is that you watch, and even a little shopping. But don't forget to give gratitude to the Lord for all that he has done, all that he is in our lives. And so before um, our praise and worship um, team starts, I'm going to call our brother Drayson up to uh, usher us into receiving the elements of communion. Thank you, Lord.